Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. Hello, welcome to this week's Sober Stories from Everyday People. Uh, Today I have Michelle from what I think is very glamorous Los Angeles (laughs) Um, and she's actually eight months sober today which is amazing so I'm so glad to be recording you today on your eight month anniversary is that the right word yeah so welcome Michelle thank you thank you so much for having me I'm really excited to speak with you oh it's my pleasure Um, So why don't we get to know you a little bit? Absolutely. So I'm Michelle, as you mentioned, from glamorous. I'm not sure it's so glamorous all the time, uh, but sunny and warm Los Angeles, California. I was born and raised here. Uh, I went to school in Philadelphia and lived in Detroit for a while before coming back to L.A., I live currently with my two Boston Terrier puppies. One's a puppy, but the other one I still consider a puppy. I've been, as you mentioned, sober for eight months today. Um, Unfortunately, I relapsed uh, right around the pandemic and really spiraled. Um, But I've been really working on my sobriety and the community of sober people on Instagram, on social media has been so crucial to my recovery this time around. Um, And I am part of Sober City Movement. Um, I'm sober in Los Angeles on Instagram. And it's been incredible because we've been able to organize events in Los Angeles. And for the first time, I have sober friends. So I am, you know, I work full time. Um, I do these events sort of as a side hobby, but also for my own recovery uh, and community. And I'm also really passionate about travel. As I, you know, I just uh, came back from the UK uh, about a month ago and even met up with one of the sober women in London. So so that's me. Ah, thank you. So, uh, So talk to me about your relationship with alcohol. What did that look like? And that could be from when you first started and, you know, maybe even leading up to your um, sort of pandemic slip or relapse, whatever, you know, the way that you said it. How did that look? Yeah, so I have had a long history and relationship, a very damaging relationship with alcohol. I like to think of myself as a no off switch drinker or a binge drinker. And I read, I read about your, your, your blogs and your story. And it sounds like we have a lot in common. Um, I started drinking in high school, just parties. And I was always a little drunker than everyone else. But when I went to college in Philly, I was drinking a lot. It was I went to a really wonderful school, um, but it was also a school where uh, studying hard, working hard was also 
uh, just as important as partying hard. And when I got into my 20s, that just didn't really stop. And so I was always the drunkest person at everything. I never drank during the days. I really didn't drink alone in my 20s, but I loved to party. Mm. And I even had a friend who told me one time that you are so much fun until about midnight and then you're just gone. And things started getting worse in my later 20s. And I decided to get sober when I was 30 going on 31. Uh, I sort of did it on my own. I really did it on my own. I was sober for about two years. And that sneaky feeling came back in that I could moderate again. Mm. And I, I really sort of held it back from others that I was drinking again. And during the pandemic, it just really got worse and worse. And it led me to a point eight months ago today where I had a very bad incident um, on November 19th, the evening of November 19th. And I woke up um, from a blackout and decided that I had to get back on that sober track. And I've really changed my perspective on recovery in these past eight months by finding sober community. And I do do recovery Dharma meetings from time to time. Um, but what has been most impactful in my recovery has been finding community. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important, isn't it? It comes up such a lot in these conversations. Yeah. Um, and you can understand why, can't you? Because you, you, I think everybody is so good at helping everybody. <laughs> everybody else and sharing the stories and sharing the journey um so Absolutely. yeah the, the the pandemic was a, a funny thing wasn't it um I was sober for the pandemic and and I, I was very grateful for that to be honest because I think like you I would have I, I think I would have just drunk so much and I would have been in a lot of blackouts you know situations and yeah, I think it was very tough for a lot of people, actually. Um, so, yeah. So when you were um, when you were in that kind of relapse um, and something happened, what was the thing that you did to get you sober and to get you back on the sort of track that you're on today? I think the main thing was I I honestly woke up one morning, I had hit my head and ended up in the hospital. And I was I felt so lucky to be alive. Gosh. And I could not imagine leaving my family behind, leaving my dogs behind. Mm. And I just didn't want to live like that anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. drinking comes with so many, so many things, depression, anxiety, sadness, but also, also other things like hospital bills and hurting your friends and your family. And I just, I just had that moment where I had had a lot of bottoms, but this was my rock bottom. It was absolutely my rock bottom. And 
I knew how to live a sober life before. I had done it for two years. So I knew how beautiful and amazing that could be. And I never wanted to get to that point again. You know, our our mind, again, it plays tricks on us that we romanticize alcohol. We forget how bad things can get. I don't know if I could ever forget that moment where it was that bad that I knew that there were only two places I could end up, as we say, in recovery, you know. So that was that was the moment that I really had a wake up call. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I've had a, quite a few moments where I've really frightened myself, um, and I'm just I'm so glad to hear that that will that was the moment that was your wake up call, and I'm sure that you had just like I did. There were many moments when you look back where you just think god I should have <laughs> I should have stopped then really like why did that not make me stop but right isn't right. that great though that you did get to that point after that yeah you know, sort of scary accident if you like that something clicked and that's the really yes. important thing isn't it that you Absolutely. get to that that place where your, yeah. your mindset shifts yeah absolutely I mean it's it's so sad that it had to be that bad, yeah. but I also look at it as a blessing in disguise. And the silver lining is that it changed how, again, you know, it changed how I viewed recovery and how I wanted to get involved in the sober community. And it's been just a complete turnaround these past eight months. So again, a blessing in disguise. I never want to go through it again, but it was certainly something that I can look at now and think as a a sign that Mm. that this was this was that bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a really fantastic way to process it, isn't it? And to 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 use that almost that negative energy and to let that propel you into this really brilliant and positive space that you're in. So I'm interested in the um, the first uh, stint, the two years. Um, does this feel different to that or is it similar, but you just, in your head, you just know that you, you know, you're not, you don't want to go back if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, I totally know what you mean. It feels so different this time. When I first, yeah, it's, it's completely different. And there's a number of reasons for that. But when I first got sober, so it was back in 20, late 2017, I did it on my own. I read a quit lit book. I decided it was time to stop. I had, I felt exhausted. I didn't even look like myself anymore. But I kind of had it. I held it to myself. I was quiet about it. I didn't go to any meetings. I didn't have any sober friends. I was still hanging out with all the same people, thinking that I could just do it forever. And I think I got bored in my sobriety because that's when the brain, my brain started playing tricks on me that 
I'm not part, you know, two years in, I wasn't partying anymore. So I can maybe moderate. Mm. And this time around is so, so different because, you know, I'll probably say this word a million times, but community, like finding that community, recovering out loud, being open about my story with other people. It's been incredible and it just has been such a shift. And, you know, through my sharing my story, not only on my sober and Los Angeles page, but also sharing on my personal page, which I have been so, I've never shared pers- with per- pers- personally mm. about my sobriety with, you know, friends, yeah. acquaintances. I had multiple people reach out to me to talk about trying to get sober and Mm. their problems that they were having with alcohol. And so while I don't follow a 12 step program, I do go again, I go to recovery Dharma meetings from time to time. It's empowering to help others, Mm. but I'm getting so much back in return. And that was totally what was missing from that first two years from being silent to really recovering out loud. Yeah. God, that's literally night and day, really, isn't it? I mean, what a, what a shift, what a, what a difference. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? They say it's easy to put down the drink, to be honest, but it's the, it's all the work, the, education the emotional work and the building of the new lifestyle and and the new habits and pushing yourself back your comfort zone and being open and being trying to be authentic and and vulnerable those are the things that really really make the difference aren't they not putting down the drink putting down the drink is 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 actually probably the easiest part of that process really and like you say when you don't do those things, it's so easy to get complacent. It's mm-hmm. so easy to let those thoughts creep back in. I um, had a stint of sobriety when I was 30 and I did eight months and um, and it was following a bit of a car crash night. And I thought, oh, you know, I need to I need to get sober. To be honest, I was getting sober because I felt pressure to get sober, which is the first (laughs) thing that wasn't really a good thing. And the second thing is I just put the, I just put the drink down. That's all I did. Very similar (laughs) to your story there. Um, And then I, I I think I enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed feeling good, but I always felt, I think that FOMO because I always felt like I was missing out. But I just, and so I, I guess I white knuckled those social situations. And when I was 30, you know, I was still working really hard um, in, a, in a big office, a lot of socializing. My, all my peers and my friends were all partying a lot. And so I was, I really felt like an outsider. Um, and eight months in, there was a barbecue, the sun was shining. And somebody said to me, oh, for God's sake, Terry, come on, you're going to have a drink yet? And I just <laughs> went, yeah, give, yeah. Me, give me a rosé. 
<laughs> and that was it, you know, another decade of drinking. Um, so I really, really feel what you're saying. I'm really, I'm, I really understand. Um, and the difference as well between that and this time is, it's just, it's yeah, all credit to you really. It's, it's just, it's fantastic. So um, talking about this eight months, this, this, stint or I shouldn't say stint because that sounds temporary this current (laughs) sobriety (laughs) um can you remember what the first hundred days were like and describe those well first they were scary I as I mentioned I had a bad fall and I concussed myself which was you know unfortunately not the first time and so at first it was scary because I was feeling just awful and my mood was down. Um, I struggle with depression and anxiety. And so my depression was really kicking it into full gear, you know, sort of over the holidays. Um, but I would say between, you know, end of November to uh, January to February to March. So about at 100 days, you know, right around that time point, is when I started getting engaged with sober community. And so I went from that scary place, not feeling well, feeling depressed, to really finding some excitement and some hope and some and connection. I, I do work from home. So I am home all the time and I needed connection. And so there was just this massive shift and there are still highs and lows. You know, Mm. there were very low lows during those first hundred days, but that shifted to more highs and I still have those highs and lows, but those first hundred days, I don't know if this sounds cliche or not, but they were truly life-changing and they have been ever since. Wow. That's amazing. What would you what would you say was the hardest bit of getting sober for you? Dealing with relationships. Like you said, putting down the drink. I have done that. I have lived a life soberly for uh sober for a, a couple of years. I, I knew how to do that. But relationships have been the hardest thing. And not because I feel pressure to drink, but because when I did relapse, I strained a number of very close relationships that I had worked so hard to rebuild in my first go at sobriety. So having that weight on my shoulders, in my heart, in my stomach, wondering how to fix things. It was really challenging and it continues to be, but it's also allowed me to sort of reprioritize myself. Mm. I am a certified people pleaser. I feel that in the first couple of years, I was, when I had sobriety for those years, I was constantly overdoing it and outdoing myself to try to you know, make up for things I had done in the past. And I wasn't focused on myself. And the shift now has been 
hopefully relationships will heal with time. A number of them have in the past eight months, but also focusing on these new relationships and finding people that understand me when I share a story or I talk about my sobriety or my relapse, there is no judgment from my new Mm -hmm. sober friends. So that has been both a challenge, but also a joy and a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's nothing like talking to somebody and them just totally getting it. Oh, yes. Compared. And and it's, it's, I understand that someone who doesn't have a problem with alcohol, they don't, they can know a hundred people who have problems with alcohol, but they have not walked in our shoes. Mm. They don't know how our brain works. They don't understand why we can't just stop. And so I try to be, I try to be so apologetic to friends that I've hurt, but the conversations that you have with a friend who is a quote unquote normal drinker versus someone who is in recovery, is sober, has had these ups and downs, the conversations, they just don't compare. Mm. And I love my normie friend, uh, my normie drinker friend so much, but I found comfort and understanding and other sober people that is just incomparable. Yeah. Oh, so beautifully put. Uh, I I completely agree with that. And also just um, building friendships that aren't based on alcohol. So not necessarily with specifically sober people, um, but even just building new friendships when there isn't any drink involved. It's just also so refreshing. And for me, I've made some special friendships in the last year, year and a half. Um, And I don't think I would have made those friendships if I was still drinking. And they are really, really lovely, deep connections where we talk about all sorts of different things. And yeah, I just drink would not play any role. It wouldn't enhance any of those friendships at all. Um, and I just, I love that. I, I mean, literally it's the first time in my life that I've really done that <laughs> you know, since I was at school. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I set up a coffee meetup back in February or March and two other women showed up. Uh, and one of them, I, we have just become such good friends. Oh. We're both sober, obviously. Uh, we text each other regularly. We see each other about once or twice a month and it's just completely different. And we don't need alcohol to build that connection that we have. Um, So I, I totally agree with you. There's just so much connection and genuine connection Mm. because we have this common thing. We have this common thing of sobriety, recovery, struggles, but also so much beyond that, how we want to live our lives moving forward in a wonderful, beautiful, sober way. And 
that connection cannot be understated. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. Um, so what would you say, and I know we've been talking there and about friendships and connections and, and community, and I know those things have been super important to you. Um, so I'm trying to sort of reshape this question so that it's not really <laughs> repeating maybe what we've talked about, but I think maybe in terms of your own personal development what has been the biggest gain for you in sobriety peace of mind Mm. I love going to bed sober I love waking up sober knowing that I haven't done anything silly or stupid or harmful Mm. that peace of mind is something that is is beyond anything I had when I was drinking. Yeah. I have found that I am so much more at peace at peace with myself, with my decisions, how I treat people, how I take care of myself, how I take care of my dogs, how I show up for work, how I show up for other people. And it's just put me in this space where I have lows. Of course I have lows. I'm still, you know, I'm still getting back to where I was before, but even better. But knowing that I am just at peace with a lot of things and have that peace of mind day in and day out is irreplaceable and the best thing that has really come of these past eight months, from these past eight months. Yeah, it's such such a big thing that isn't it the peace that you have with yourself in your mind it's like the freedom as well isn't it the freedom of knowing that you're not yeah you're not going to do anything stupid tonight you're not going to have that dilemma at four o'clock you know shall I wine shall I go and get another bottle you know it's just so lovely to be living free of all that (laughs) it's it's like and it never gets old either I mean I'm still waking up over three years in I still think about that nearly every day about how grateful I am to be fresh and sober and clear-headed and present and at peace and free and all those big words all those big words yeah yes a hundred percent all those words you said I mean that if I put peace of mind it's all of those words that that go into that (laughs) yeah uh so uh, what would be your top three tips for getting sober or in sobriety yeah uh, the first one is to really understand yourself and by that I mean think about your relationship with alcohol take time out of your day one day two days every day for a number of weeks write down journal how alcohol is impacting your life. Write a pros and cons list. I'm pretty sure there's not a whole lot of pros, but really get in touch with yourself and and think about how much better life could be in living living sober. The second one, I'm gonna come back to this, is community. You have to find your people, whether it's someone you know from high school 
that you know is sober, reach out to them. Or as I, you know, as part of part of what's been so important to me is sober in Los Angeles and the sober city movement. Find women or people in your area that are organizing events and meetups because finding that connection in sobriety is going to help you immeasurably. And I think the third thing is be easy on yourself. Sobriety is hard. Going through these things, these, like you said, putting down the drink might be easy, but going through the emotions, the why, the how, the past, ruminating on those things is so challenging. So really, really be easy on yourself. I hope those are three good things. <laughs> oh, they're amazing. They're, 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 honestly, they're really good tips. I love this bit of the podcast because everyone's got something different, but they're oh. just equally so important. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. If, um, if yeah, if you're open to share your journey, where can people find you? Absolutely. So you can find me at Sober in Los Angeles on Instagram. I am part of uh, at Sober City Movement, which was founded by at Sober in Seattle. It is a nonprofit organization, and we've really mobilized uh, women across the U.S. We also have women globally who are in tons of cities who are creating connections uh, organizing meetups, sharing resources so that women uh, who are sober in recovery and sober curious can meet other women in their cities or nearby. Um, you can also follow me for laughs. I'm really big into comedy. So I love my memes. Um, so, so that's where you can find me. Um, and yes, please reach out if you're looking for friends or connection in Los Angeles, or if I can point you to women in other cities who are doing the same thing that I am. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's been amazing to get to know you. We've been connected, We've been connected for a while and it's always so lovely when you actually get to speak to people behind the squares. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I am so appreciative for what you're doing. I love following you and I'm so, I, I just have to echo what you said. I'm so glad we finally get to see each other yes. through the screen still, but at least uh, in real time. Absolutely. Uh, brilliant. And I really hope that lots of people um, connect with you and please stay in touch and let me know how it all goes. And yeah, everybody, thank you very much for another fabulous week and catch up with you next time thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you're interested in being a guest please contact me directly on instagram by sending a message to at sassy sober mum you can also find helpful tools and resources on my website sassysobermum.com if you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.